Along to Fox Force Five, the very first, the very first episode ever. My name is Kelly Crichton. I'm Nicola Murphy. Your and younger and more wonderful sister. <laughs> I'm in Killarney, and Nicola is in Cork. Cork, and we are bonding via the internet, bonding via the powers of Zoom, and uh, bringing this podcast to you to keep you updated with everything that's going on in pop culture. Uh, we're consuming tons of media, so you don't have to. And every week, we'll be bringing you five things we think you need to know. Uh, we're very excited about this. We're we're kind of learning on the go here as well, so um, yes. we appreciate your patience. How are you today, Nicola? Good. Today is like the first day where I kind of wish I was sitting outside, you know, with, you know, sundress or pair of shorts and drinking a frozen margarita and uh, enjoying life. But yeah, hopefully it gets better and better because today's the first day that I actually felt warmth on my skin. It was a far instead you're <laughs> Instead you're inside recording a podcast with me. <laughs> this is love. Unfortunate. This is love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's beautiful here as well. I was out for a run at lunchtime and uh, the sun was baiting down. It was fab. Really nice. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to a few uh, evenings on the patio now in the not too distant future. Yeah, that's a good time. Actually, we got a fabulous delivery this morning of a gas heater. I invested. I feel like a really grown up person um, buying things like gas heaters for the summer. But I think it's going to be an investment. Hopefully we can sit out the back. (laughs) Yeah. Buying things like gas heaters for the summer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've got a fire pit now. That's about the extent of our warmth outside on a summer's evening. But fingers crossed. Sure. Hopefully the weather will afford us a few a few nice nights out there. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's um. It's it's the week in the run up to Easter, so um, I'm trying to avoid as much of the uh, chocolate egg variety. In that, I every time I go outside the door, I'm bombarded with chocolate eggs. I'm getting, I'm feeling a bit uh, claustrophobic about the whole thing. It just raises my anxiety levels. There's so much chocolate everywhere, and I'm trying to avoid it. I'm on a bit of a health kick, which yeah. is going not great, to be honest. Easter week is hard because I feel like there's chocolate everywhere. I walk into the shop and it's, oh, look, two for three and these mini Oreo eggs. I mean, yeah, it's like eight, <laughs> eight Easter eggs for two euro fifty. The deals are like insane. insane. And I think last Easter, everything sold out really quickly. So I think this year there's just loads more, though. It's everywhere. Eggs are everywhere. Because I remember the last week before Easter um, last year, we couldn't get an egg for love nor money. So we were like really terrible people who couldn't give eggs to their nieces and nephews because there was none to be had. But Tell listen, what, we have the boot full of eggs now for the delivery. <laughs> <laughs> give money, girl. Save the teeth. Give money, yeah. Um, no, I'm being really stingy. I did that thing where I bought two bags of like, you know, the small kind of, they're probably half the size of a Kinder egg. I bought two yeah. bags of them, but there's probably about 40 in each bag. And I do like a... Like a, an Easter egg hunt for the lads. Nice. And it kind of distracts them. And then you can kind of whip the eggs away and throw them in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get to eat them. Oh, no, they no. get to eat loads of them. It's just they don't get to eat their own body weight. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So that's anyway, it's nice to be facing into a long weekend. I know some parents are probably like, Jesus Christ, we've only got them out of the house and they're back again. But um, hopefully the weather will stay all right and we'll be outside and stuff. So listen, without further ado, we better get on with this uh, podcast and tell people what they should be listening to or what we think they should be listening to anyway. So first up. First thing you need to know this week is women's health care is improving in Ireland. Round of applause. 
So indeed. yeah, so so this week there was a couple of announcements that um, we're going to be getting new facilities for women in Ireland. The first was uh, a new endometriosis hospital ward uh, has been set up. Well, actually, sorry, it's a clinic has been set up in the Coombs Women and Infants Hospital. And Amazing. endometriosis is quite, uh, it's quite a, a common condition about one in 10 Irish women suffer from it. And um, basically this new clinic is going to have some specialists in charge of it and they'll be working with like physiotherapists and dietitians and pain management experts to come up with sort of individual care pathways for for the patients that are um, referred to them. So yeah, like I I wouldn't have known a lot about endometriosis except I know a couple of my friends have had issues with it. Yeah, similar. Mm-hmm. and um it's when it can it's a condition where tissue similar to the tissue that's inside the uterus starts growing outside of the uterus and like that can lead to a, a rake of different symptoms problematic ones obviously like uh irregular periods painful in- intercourse back and leg pain um fatigue depression and it can have an impact on fertility as well like so it's a very mm-hmm. wide-ranging condition you know um but but uh, one of the main problems with it actually is it takes ages and ages to uh, diagnose most most diagnoses take eight or nine years like that's insane can you imagine living with all that or even part of those conditions for that long like and I think um, they kind of, I think it, it's like really intrusive when they do find out they have to do like exploratory surgery or something to yeah. actually confirm it. it. That's why yeah. it takes so long. It's terrible. You're right. It, it, they can only confirm the diagnosis with laparoscopic surgery. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, and also because a lot of those symptoms are are um, common in other areas, in other diseases and conditions as well. That's what kind of they go off and the wrong direction thinking it's one thing and it turns out to be this so you know like I was having a look at the the Coombs website there to to see about this new facility and and they say early diagnosis is really important but like I said it takes so long you know they Mm. need to kind of Irish medicine needs to kind of get on top of that a bit but at least for people who have a diagnosis already they can self-refer now through their GP So that's such great. a relief, I'd say, for some people, just to even know that yeah. it's been taken seriously. Because I think for years it wasn't really. So, well, do you know what? Yeah. Actually, there was a article about this on the BBC about a week or ten days ago, mm. and it was saying that like women in their twenties are being told, uh, "If you've endometriosis, go just go out there and get pregnant. Go away and get yourself yeah. up the duff there. You'll be grand. That'll sort it out." That's insane! Insane! Pregnancy as a treatment for a health condition. Do you know, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Come on. So but I you mean, know, that's... Um, actually, Lena Dunham, who you know, girls' fame, and obviously wrote a load of kind of things similar. She was very vocal about her treatment and what had gone mm-hmm. on for her and stuff. And she actually had a full, like, she had a room removed to try to deal with it. So she was kind of wow. one of the first stories I'd heard about it. And fair play to her because she's really kind of leading the way in terms of making it, you know, something that people are you know aware of and discussing so yeah that was when I first came across it I know that sounds probably <laughs> and it was the first famous person oh. I saw talking about <laughs> but you know what yeah. it, th- this is the thing there's probably loads of women who are experiencing it and don't know what it is or yeah. don't want to talk about it or whatever but look I suppose every time they make a little step ahead like this it's a good thing but um as I said if if you do have an endometriosis diagnosis, you can talk to your GP. They can refer you for the specialist treatment. No, not ideal. It's in Dublin, Amazing. of course, if you're living even 
outside of Dublin County. Yeah. But still, it's something, you know, and they might be able to help with that, dealing with the symptoms, etc. Um, but if you Brilliant. think, listening to this now, some of those symptoms might be something that you're suffering from, your best bet is just to get on to your GP and explore it with them and tell them, you know, you heard about this condition, could it be that? So maybe a bit of awareness amongst the general population of women might draw drop gp's attention to it as well you know so yeah, sure. the other thing that happened this week was um there was an update about a new mother and infant mental health unit uh, that's going to be located in st vincent's university hospital in dublin wow. and basically why this is important is because it will facilitate women who are having or experiencing severe mental health problems in pregnancy or just after they've had a baby and this service doesn't exist in Ireland, which is kind of shocking already. Like what essentially happens is if you're in that situation, you have to be you have to be um, placed in a psychiatric ward, but your baby can't go in there. So women are being separated from their babies um, when really there's no physical need for that to happen. You know, they, they can care for their babies. They just need extra care themselves. So this new ward is going to do that trick, hopefully. Now, it's not going to be up and running for another couple of years, but it was recommended as part of a report commissioned by the HSE in 2017. So um, they were saying back then that about 40 to 60 women would benefit from, from this ward. So, it, I mean, that's positive. Like they, are, they kind of said about one in five women, one in five, like that's massive, yeah. have mental health problems in pregnancy or after birth and uh, depression and anxiety um, are quite common about 10 to 15 of every 100 women uh, experience them in pregnancy or just after childbirth so that's a lot that's a lot of people like you know yeah and I suppose even them kind of acknowledging this and having the unit open will kind of help people maybe or opening in the future but will help maybe people talk about it more again as well you know kind of bring it to the fore rather than it being something that's stigmatized yeah I think you're right is isn't it you know the more we talk about these things the more other people will talk about it, the more it's acceptable. It's not as taboo, you know. Um, but yeah, so so this new uh, ward, they're hoping they'll get budget for it in the 2022 budget. Um, so look, ideally, again, like I said about the last um, clinic as well, it's in Dublin. It's not ideal. Like that's not going to be great for women to leave their family and friends and support network or whatever down yeah. the country. You know, in the UK they've got twenty of these type of um facilities dotted all over the country, you know. But it's a start and it's moving in the right direction. And I know that I'm sure a lot of women who could have done what they have in the past would be saying, you know, at least the women in the future are going to get it. So yeah. So that's yeah, in, that's in summary why Healthcare for women is improving in Ireland this week. Moving on to number two of what you need to know. So uh, I'm going to take over from here. So uh, this is a segment called Let Me Entertain Me. (laughs) Not just because we're big Robbie Williams fans, but you know. (laughs) So uh, this week, uh, actually over the weekend, I watched uh, a new movie, which has been nominated for a load of Oscars. You've probably heard about it. Promising Young Woman. So Carrie Mulligan stars in it. Um, I saw the trailer ages ago, and to be honest, the trailer is completely different to what the movie is. Um, what I thought the movie was going to be, should I say? I won't spoil it, so I will try to tell you a bit about it without going into too much detail. I but, didn't realize um, it was. Uh, I didn't realize it was nominated for Oscars. 
I didn't know. Yeah, five. Five. Yeah, so the Oscars aren't on until end of April this Mm -hmm. year, so the 25th of April. Um, So it's kind of nice, actually. It actually gives us a chance to maybe watch some of these movies before the the Oscars. I remember last year with Parasite, I'm actually pretty sure we were in Lanzarote (laughs) because we got a sneaky holiday in before things kicked off. But last February when the Oscars were on and hearing about Parasite and not having you know, a clue about the movie or anything like that. Whereas this year, a lot of the movies that have been nominated are things that we have had the opportunity to see or at least see yeah. maybe in the coming weeks. It so, is better, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. better that way. Oh, definitely. I wonder kind of what way they're going to do it, but maybe that's something we'll talk about in the well, future. Well, I, I think I, yeah. I read briefly um, that they weren't going to allow any Zooms. So they are going to have a physical thing like for the Oscars they are going to have people there as far as I know but anyway sorry go ahead no maybe like a la Grammys you know they had that kind of smaller room where it was just the nominees and only some of the nominees and yet they still had acts and all that stuff so maybe it'll be something similar to that but look we'll see I'm sure it'll still be a break from the monotony so uh, (laughs) I'll be looking forward to watching it um so yeah Karen Mulligan plays the, the main character in it so um, it's also written by Emerald Fennell, who I think has the most amazing name and sounds yeah, extremely Emerald. Irish, but she's actually English. Um, so I wonder if she's got an Irish might, heritage. I would say so. <laughs> Grandpappy. It literally from sounds like she was conceived by the Blarney Stone or something with a name <laughs> like that. <laughs> but you would actually reckon. So I, I was looking up, you know, a few things about her, and I was like, she's so familiar. It took me a while to realize who she was. So she actually. She's an actress, isn't she? Yeah, well. she plays Camilla in The Crown. So I'd be, oh, you're not caught up on The Crown. I'm not yet, caught up but, that far yet. Yeah. Um, so she actually plays Camilla Parker Bowles in the, the latest season of The Crown, and she's, she's actually brilliant in it. She's like, she's another, I think, of this current set of women that seem multi talented that are taking yeah. over Hollywood and stuff, aren't they? Uh, like Phoebe Waller Bridge, and there's a few exactly. of them that are just like, they do everything and they do it amazingly. Yeah. And everybody's so, really celebrating them. <laughs> yeah. And actually, they're like besties because oh, they wrote a season of I Can Eve in the 2019 season so probably the last season now because I don't think it was on last year they wrote that season together so Mm. that's I think where she got her kind of debut in terms of TV and writing so fair pleasure though this is her first movie as a director and she's been nominated for a best director Oscar which is absolutely amazing and one of the very first few women very small number of women who've been nominated for that category over the years so fair pleasure um so just to kind of go through it a little bit again, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm kind of conscious of what I say, but when you watch the trailer, you kind of get this impression that it's a movie of somebody who's really out for revenge. You don't know why or what the, you know, why she's going about it this particular way, but basically... Can she... I tell you what my... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I thought it was, right, because I haven't seen it, but what I thought yeah. it was was um, unassuming young lady goes to the nightclub at the weekend appears to be absolutely bananas shit-faced <laughs> whatever um you know inevitably a helpful young man comes along and says he'll help her get home and they get back to her place or whatever and next thing he makes a move of course because all men are bastards no just joking because the men in this film are bastards <laughs> and she sobers up and in fact she's never been drunk the hunted becomes the hunter. That's that's what I thought it was all about. Well, that's very uh, dramatic. Uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank the you. End of that. I'd be looking for my well, own Oscar absolutely. soon, I tell you. 
absolutely. So Fennel actually, when she was writing this, she said that she drew on her experiences seeing drunk girls being taken advantage of when coming up with the concept. And I hate to say that I've seen that too, but you know, I may have been that woman at one point or another, who knows, but back in the day. But it's um, kind of timely as well yeah, with all the chat oh, about very um, timely. Sarah Everand, isn't it? Very, very, very timely. So um yeah so I mean your synopsis is pretty good that's kind of how it comes across in the trailer I kind of felt like it was two different movies as you go along she's obviously the protagonist but there's just something about her I just I couldn't really gel with her Mm. and then as it goes on you kind of begin to love her a lot more so it's very interestingly done she plays it brilliant Carrie Mulligan I love her there was um you know, there was a bit of, I think, uh, negative uh, controversy at the start of this year. So there was a variety had done a feedback on it. So like a a review of the movie and the person who had written the article actually said that they would have preferred to see Margot Robbie basically in the role. Mm. Now, Margot Robbie was a producer. Like Carey Mulligan isn't hot enough. Like the men wouldn't be chasing Carey Mulligan. She's Mm. not hot enough. Like area you know yeah, it happens strange, every woman <laughs> yeah, yeah very very strange but um so yeah so that that came up and, and obviously that was addressed and they actually apologized for saying it as well and I think really it was just because Margot Robbie was associated with it that they actually felt that they even you know why they even said that it, I mean it's completely irrelevant to the story mm. she's absolutely gorgeous anyway she looks about 18 it's terrifying that she's 30 or even well, she's 30 in the movie but I think she might be even a little bit older in real life but she looks so young in it mm. but yeah like I said the story is it's a tough one because the first half an hour, I didn't think I liked it. And then it really grows on you. So I would highly recommend it. It's it's not an easy watch. It's quite harrowing. There's a lot of things that happened to her, like previously, that like she kind of reflects upon in her relationship with um, another main character who we never meet, but it's kind of her, why she goes about the things she goes about. Um, but yeah, there's kind of a love interest and it kind of goes from there. But super interesting, very good, would highly recommend. Um, definitely stick with it because 30 minutes in, like I said, I wasn't that keen. But I feel like it's two movies, it's completely changed route halfway through. Um, the one thing I would say, don't expect her to be this complete heroine that she kind of mm. looks at the start. Complicated characters, <laughs> I kind of like that, very you know, people aren't black yeah. and white, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was much more realistic. You know, she's not just annoyed about men at men, should I say, like women can also be culpable in, in you know, mm-hmm. assault and things like that. And that comes up in it quite um, well. They dress it very well. So so that was that. And then on kind of more of a lighthearted note, I've been watching a TV show on Netflix, you know, that you can just throw on in the background while you're cooking dinner or having a bath or whatever you fancy doing. But the bold type, I don't know if you've heard about it. I've just heard it's kind of like a new age sex in the city kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's about these 20 somethings, which made me feel really old. So I'm 33 and I felt about 63 watching it. I think when you get to 30, everything makes yeah. you feel old, to be honest with you. I just, yeah, I felt like it was a completely different world. But similar kind of story, these three young gals in New York and trying to, you know, conquer life's challenges. Now, the one thing I would say about it, and kind of similar to Sex and the City, they're kind of flawed characters, which I liked. You know, mm. they're not perfect. They kind of acknowledge that. They acknowledge a lot of feminist issues like fertility, breast cancer, and, you know, sexuality lots of big moments in life that you might go through yourself in your 20s so it was nice to kind of 
watch it and it's done well it's filmed in Toronto and it's kind of based in New York and it's based in a magazine so Scarlet magazine which I think sounds fabulous mm. um, and the only person really I recognized in it was uh, Malora Hardin who actually plays Jen Levinson from The Office the US Office you no. didn't watch it though did you no. the US Office no no. oh god brilliant but she's in it she's the only person I recognize and it's definitely worth a watch it's four seasons on Netflix so you can binge it very cool. quickly which I've been doing over the last week so there you cool. go so both very worthy watchable film and tv for this week completely different but uh, absolutely watchable yeah would recommend awesome awesome okay next up is number three <laughs> Fox of the week so just to explain this slot, every week we're going to talk about a person who we believe deserves individual recognition. It can be male or female, but the focus is on doing something good, helping others, making a difference, or at least trying to. And uh, they don't necessarily have to be somebody uber famous, like it could be a local hero. You know, hopefully, oh, yeah. eventually we'll get people in to interview for this as well. Um, but, you know, we want to tell their story and hopefully we'll inspire people in these challenging times. So our fox for this week is Violet Albina Gibson, who shot Mussolini. So I have no idea who this person is. And like, I have a degree in history, you know. No, rather. <laughs> well, this is kind of the point of person. the whole thing. Yeah. You know what, right? She, I, I didn't know about her until the last week as well. And that's yeah. why she's on Facts of the Week this week. Because believe it or not, she, she grew up in Dublin and... Uh, Dublin City Council have just agreed to put a plaque in her memory on the house she grew up in, in 12 Merrion Square. Now, I am going to tell you why she is a character and why she's being recognised. It's it's a mad story, but I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, let's inspire people to shoot people. No, not to shoot people. Just um, <laughs> She was maybe quite a visionary in the sense that she saw through Mussolini and she saw what a tyrant... Um, he was you know when other people were kind of falling at his feet but give you a bit of background on her basically she um, grew up in Dublin her she's quite privileged her father was the Lord Chancellor of Ireland at one point so she would have actually been honourable Violet Gibson Uh, she had a good education you know she would have travelled a lot and she would have been presented at court you know um, as per Queen Victoria's court you know a la Bridgerton style, you know. I wonder yes, if the yes, Duke yes, was around yes, in her day. Um, surely that's noteworthy. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, she kind of broke away from this sort of privileged lifestyle and she ended up work, doing kind of social work around London and she sort of became more well-read and she studied philosophy and religion and politics and she was very kind of put out about what was happening in Europe, you know, when around the start of World War One, and she went to Paris and worked in sort of uh, as a peace activist alongside people like um, Sylvia Pankhurst, the famous suffragette, you know. And around the same time, Mussolini had formed the fascist party and the black shirts in Italy. And he there was a lot of violence going on. And, you know, Violet was quite a, a sort of a religious person and kind of held... Italy in a very sacred place because of its association with religion and also um, she'd been there quite a few times and she just sort of adored the place and saw what Mussolini was doing Listen, to it and really kind of upset her. Italy when they go there, you know? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she actually had a kind of a breakdown as a result of all this Gosh. turmoil that was going on. Uh, you know, rumours that she tried to kill herself. I'm not sure if that's true, but 
anyway she she recovers and she decides she's going to go to Rome she needs to sort of see what's going on herself and she teams up with some of these Catholic socialists in Rome and at the same time around the same time the leader of the opposition a guy called Mattiotti was brutally brutally abused and murdered like it's disgusting what happens to him and this kind of causes a, a big out outcry and like Violet's quite a sensitive person and this really affects her and again she she tries to kill herself she ends up in hospital and she's kind of noteworthy because she is the daughter of a diplomat you know what Mm. I mean she's got um heritage and she's somebody you know what I mean so anyway she she she's lived she's living in a convent at the time and she comes out and rather than kind of she's been kind of um turning the anguish in on herself she decides she knows what she needs to do she needs to kill Mussolini right so she comes out she's she managed to smuggle this pistol into Italy with her that she tried to shoot herself with or she did shoot herself with but it didn't kill her and so she's got this gun and she goes in pursuit of Mussolini and she while she kind of hung out with this group of socialists there's no evidence really to suggest that they made her do it or anything like that but anyway she goes along um to this this place where Mussolini is talking and he's quite popular at the time you know like people are like yeah we need this new strong leader and he kind of presents himself as this like saviour he's out bare chested harvesting you know he's he's like the main man and um, he's getting a bit of notoriety you know and there's people like Adolf Hitler in Germany paying attention to him at this stage as well but anyway, he's rigging elections. He's imprisoning anti-fascist people. You know, he's he's just a bad bastard, basically. Mm. Um, but as I say, he's 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 quite popular with the proletariat. You know, can you see any patterns like this in modern life? I wonder. Oh well. Anyway, I wish we couldn't, but you know, <laughs> that's where we yeah. are. So yeah, a lot of people hoodwinked by his behavior and his fascist ongoing. Um, misadventures so anyway Violet goes to this place that he's given this speech on the 7th of April in 1926 and she shoots him point blank range wow. shoots him but he turns his head just in that second eclipses his nose oh. he falls back on his feet and she goes to fire the gun again I mean she's right beside him like wow. she goes to fire the gun again and the bloody bullet sticks in the chamber and she's nearly pulled apart by the crowd like the police take her away she gets sent to prison and there's this mugshot, actually. I'll put it up on our social media of her. And she looks like, do you know who she looks like? You know, the, the nana in Bugs Bunny. You know, the granny. She's got the white hair pulled back yeah. into a bun. Like, she doesn't look like she baits snow off a ditch. Like, she's the most unassuming little thing. But, um, the, you know, the, the, the general narrative was they didn't want to believe that a, a woman, a little old woman, could shoot Mussolini. So, of course, the narrative was that, oh, she was in it with loads of people. But yeah. she wasn't. And there's no evidence to suggest she was, you know. So, long story short, anyway, they convince the government or the Mussolini has a hand in it. And they all say, oh, she's mad. She's mad. And her family even get involved oh, no. and say, yeah, she's mad. She's mad. So, eventually, she ends up being released from prison. But put straight into a lunatic asylum essentially as it was then in Northampton to the point where like her family write to Mussolini they have a copy of this letter the family sent to say oh thank you so much for putting her in that hospital despite the fact she isn't actually known to have had any uh, mental health issues but what's funny is there's a note in in her interrogation she says um, she says that she was sent to glorify God 
and that it was a kindly angel kept her arm steady and I was thinking well Jesus Christ he should have kept your man's head steady <laughs> would have been or better. like made the bullet go the second time but yeah okay <laughs> anyway so poor old um, poor old Violet ends up there uh, for years and years Mussolini oh. goes on of course to form the Pact of Steel with Hitler Killing hundreds of thousands I of know. Jews and whatnot. We all know how that goes. Absolutely horrendous human but being. But what would have happened and if she was successful, you know? All those people could Well, that was it. God only knows now there might have been someone there to replace him. Yeah. Or there might have been someone there that would have stayed with the Allies, joined the Allies instead of Hitler, you know? And mm. the war could have been a different story. Like, he mightn't have been as strong in Europe then. But, mm. you know, they found all these letters she wrote to people when she was in that hospital. She found letters that were, they found letters that were written to her that never got to her. She wrote, like, to ministers, she wrote to people, she wrote to Queen Elizabeth because she would have attended balls in Buckingham Palace as a youngster. You know, she was well connected, like. But anyway, you know, you you would think when uh, Mussolini invaded Britain, like, or declared war on Britain, that they would have been like, actually, Violet was right. We should let her yeah, out. exactly. She was right. Well, you know, we were all wrong. She's she right. She was a woman, though, and that was the problem, was unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, and it was easy to say she was a mad woman, too, you know. Mm. But um, anyway, look, long story short, that was the end of Violet, the poor creator. She died there 29 years later. Oh. But she'll be dancing in her grave tonight uh, because she's getting this plaque on her old wall. Quite rightly deserved, too, Amazing. I think. <laughs> I love this. Maybe we should... Um, I love Maybe these we kind should, of stories uh, that like are you've never heard of because history's covered them up because it's a woman, you know? That's why we have not of it. But there's so amazing. many of them. I actually started working on another project about these women, like, and I'll be dropping them in here, no doubt, over the next um few episodes or whatever. But they're they're really fantastic and uh yeah, they just shine a light on an area of history that you knew nothing about that you don't learn about in school for sure anyway. Yeah. But um I think maybe we should suggest that we have a day where you swipe stuff off other people's noses to make sure they don't get too big for their boots <laughs> and we'll call it Violet Violet Day. Um Violet, but yeah, not so violence. if you want to know more Yeah. Choose Violet, not violence, although that doesn't really work with her, but um Try if you want to find out more about it. There's a, a radio documentary that Doc on One did in 2014 that you can listen to online, and there's also T.G. Kehar actually did a film, a documentary film. Well, I think it's kind of fictional, um, about her that came out last year. That's called The Irish Woman Who Shot Mussolini. Wow. Uh, so if you look around, you might be able to get your hands on that as well. Brilliant. And that seems like if you Googled it, you'd find it no bother. It's very to the point, the name of that movie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Irish woman who shot Mussolini. There isn't too many of them. There's, yeah. not, much There's not much on Wikipedia about her, you know. Really? Again, it's kind of a sad indictment, you know, mm. with these things. But there you go. So, um, yeah, woman. Violet Gibson. There you go. Fox of the Week. Amazing. Up next, number four. Wow. So I will take over from here. So number four is uh, miscellaneous. So uh, this is my opportunity to talk about all that's uh, weird and wonderful and random um, on the internet, not on the internet, whatever it may be. But this week, uh, we're actually going to talk a bit about Twitter. Well, not Twitter itself, but a new account that I was actually introduced to by you, (laughs) which has really... I must say, made my Twitter viewing so much more positive and enjoyable. It's filling my life. Yeah, filling well, my you life. You know, Twitter can be such a dark and negative, uh, you know, you kind of get sucked down a dark hole, really, when you go on Twitter these days. Everything can be quite negative and, you know, 
quite distracting as well in the sense of you know you can kind of start reading comments and oh i try not to but we all kind of have the tendency to, to kind of go down these these rabbit holes when it comes to twitter but fess hole is the name of the account that you again recommended to me which i must say i love so uh, you probably so that's at <laughs> at f-e-s-s-h-o-l-e as in confession hole exactly. so it's at Exactly. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, to be honest, if someone said to me, oh, uh, you know, follow this uh, at Fesshole, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Obviously, it doesn't really. <laughs> do you like anything with hole in the title. Yeah, I'm not exactly, sure about yeah. that. Yeah. But especially on Twitter, it could be literally anything. Um, but <laughs> it's really a joy, I have to say. Uh, I saw somebody wrote feedback. They actually shared it themselves on Twitter. It made me laugh. So to summarize it, um, what it does is it both confirms and destroys faith in humanity on a daily basis. So if uh, that makes you want to look it up, I would highly recommend it again. So uh, it's obviously a Twitter account. So the follows. Yeah, go on. I'm saying that. Wait, what's the premise of the thing? Yeah. So what it is, is people can actually send in their confessions uh, anonymously. So there's actually a Google form that you fill in. It's completely anonymous and you send it on. It's all done by a bot. So the guy who created it, um, he, Rob Manuel is his name. So he's actually a bit of a genius when it comes to bots and he actually kind of uses them for um, positive purposes, I suppose. When we hear about bots, like my first impression is, you know, very negative stuff, trolling people, mm. all that sort of stuff. But this guy mm-hmm. kind of uses them for positive things. He also has this account called Clickbait Bot and Swear Clock, which um, similar kind of lines to this. It's kind of more to entertain people rather than to troll people. Um, so... Uh, the account itself like I said you put in your Google form it is sent out and it's all handled by bots so it's kind of anonymous it kind of sticks I suppose with its anonymity um, because you don't know who the person is now there has been some people who are very curious as to whether they're going to be blackmailed you know from their IP addresses and that sort of thing but no Mm. uh, it looks like it's uh, (laughs) still anonymous so um, and like I said everybody can write in their confession sometimes you know might be something that you want to get off your back Um, it can go from the sublime to the ridiculous so I'll read you uh, a few of them that I've noticed this week that kind of got a lot of likes and I also enjoyed myself so just to give you a bit of a taste of of some of the tweets that you might see so um so I run a lot up to 50 or 60 miles a week and take it pretty seriously but whenever I fart on a run I still pretend it's like a Knight Rider style turbo boost and put on a little sprint. I am 45 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I really liked that because weirdly, you know, I could see people doing it. <laughs> if I was a yeah, runner, totally. I could probably, um, you know, see myself. <laughs> um, another one here. Uh, I got into med school in 2013 so I could get close to a girl I wanted to sleep with. I never slept with her. Anyway, I'm a doctor now. <laughs> Which I also really like. Um, and then finally, this is just a nice one because it just kind of shows, I suppose, that the different types of things that people submit. So um, I work in a call center for a major airline and will randomly allocate loyalty points to people who are nice to me on the phone. A nice lady whose dad had died recently got enough points for a first class flight to New York City. And I just put the reason down as customer retention. So you can see the, I suppose, the the lines of, of which people follow to, to, to post their confessions. But um, yeah. It's nice because I think you see the best parts of being human on yeah. there. But there's also some kind of dark stuff as well. Like, you know, some of it's kind of funny and, and some of it is just very dark. Like there was there was a classic one, which is I have a favorite child, you know, yeah. and no, nothing more than that. You know, this kind of thing, like um, 
I can't think of any other ones to hand, but like it's just a good mixture of, you know, we all have maybe things that we're not proud of and we'd never admit them out loud, but this lets you do it, yeah. doesn't it? So and, you know, even it's, it, it, it's a release, I suppose, for the person who does it, but it's also eye opening yeah. as readers. For sure. Yeah, and that that's the thing. Like I sent you one the other day because I was thinking of you seeing as you have two small um <laughs> children and it was about, you know, that she takes a bath for two hours a day just to get away from her family and they leave her alone because she's in yeah, the yeah. bathtub and I, I don't actually it. enjoy bathing I just do it to get away from them exactly. I can identify I with like, that I'll tell you can I give it a go yeah. once a week you know <laughs> two extra hours to yourself <laughs> I actually hate baths I get weird I'm like what oh, they're too hot oh too no much. oh god them. I've taken up bathing a lot more in the lockdown I have to say but yeah. um yeah it's really good I mean it makes me laugh some of them are very serious you know sometimes it's people who are really sad and they kind of write in to say they're sad and they kind of wish something sad would happen to kind of justify their sadness you know things like that oh, but yeah. there are also some very funny ones extremely sexual ones which also there was a Maggie Thatcher one this week that uh <laughs> made me blush <laughs> so I'd highly recommend <laughs> um having a look just to break up the the negativity of Twitter it's definitely worth it you could scroll I mean, there's. I think it was launched in 2019, so there's plenty of opportunities to scroll through um, the the account and, and enjoy it. So definitely have a look. I so. just happened across it, and I honestly just made my made my fortnight. Yeah. I have to say, and it's it's entertaining. They actually have like they're a full social media platform. So it's on Facebook, they have it on Twitter, and on Instagram, and it's all at Fesshole. Or if you look it up Fesshole as well on Facebook, so that's F E S S H O L E. Um, they do I think kind of make a bit of money off it from what I can see they have a Patreon account that they share now even in the Patreon when they did post it it's kind of more a support us if you can kind of message mm. but they are supported mm-hmm. by a, a brand they have a sponsorship with a clothing brand as well so I what presume, do they? yeah oh, cool. so it's on their um, Twitter account as well so I presume they get it a little bit I didn't realise the background to it I, mm. sorry I didn't realise the background to it there as much that the guy that's involved is this kind of genius by the sounds of things but um yeah yeah it's it's funny you see a lot more artists and creatives and things like that they're they're um looking for you know i suppose only fans and all that kind of stuff as well is you know you can pay the person directly for what they're giving you rather than having to buy their book or their album or their piece of art you can just pay them if you're listening to their podcast or if you're enjoying their yeah. twitter stream or whatever so it's good it's good to see the money going back into the people who are creating into their hands rather the middlemen you know or the social media interfaces yeah. any social media making the money out of them you know and I mean like they, they cool. don't even post everything they do go through them so you know they're obviously only going to post the stuff that they think people will enjoy so that's why most of them are so enjoyable so um, yeah it's been a, a great journey I must say for myself over the last few weeks reading those and before we uh, finish up I would like to just confess my my fesshole of the week that when <laughs> Which sounds really <laughs> wrong, but anyway. Go ahead. Um, when I'm I was listening. little, I used to eat the ragu pasta sauce out of the jar with a spoon. Cold. Oh my god. So there you go. You're a freak. <laughs> You're a freak. Yeah, so Kelly, you'll have to have one now ready for us next week. You'll have to give us your uh, <laughs> God, I'm glad you didn't put me on the spot there. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know now. That's you a week terrible. To think yeah. about it, so you can come back. I'd have to get my notebook out and choose one. <laughs> cool. Okay, so we're moving on to the final thing you need to know this week. Number five. Why? This is always going to be our little music slot because both of us are music obsessives. And I'm going to talk about, for those I love and 
his new album For Those I Love. So For Those I Love is mm-hmm. um, an artist also known as David Balf. He's a producer, a musician. It's based in Dublin and this is his debut album. It did appear in a, another kind of format for a little while last year, but kind of on Ben Kemp, I think. But it disappeared. I'd say probably what happened was somebody saw it and went, this is absolutely fucking brilliant. We need to get produce this guy properly, give him money to do it or whatever. I don't know, I'm speculating. But anyway. Okay, was, so they pulled it and then re-released well, it. Well, it was there and it got pulled. Whether he decided oh, himself wow. to pull it or whether someone intervened and said, you know, you we'll give you money. more money from this. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So anyway, he, it started as a solo project a couple of years back. Um, David Belf would have been a member of Burnout. They're a collective of uh, young creatives from North Dublin who explore like working class identity and they're visual and they make music and make lots of different types of art. But sadly, one of them um, took his own life, Paul Curran, in 2018. And he was David Belf's best mate. And essentially this album was originally supposed to be about kind of the love of his friends or for your friends, you know, which I'm sure we all experience. But then it sort of got overtaken by the death of his best friend and the album like it's it's a heavy, heavy album, but it's really spectacular. It's like it, it swings from you can't even really kind of put it into a genre. It kind of swings from big synth <coughs> dan- dance music to spoken word. And like he uses like pieces of audio from video footage. He uses WhatsApp messages, you know, throughout wow. the thing. And he kind of heavily uses samples from other songs as well. And it's it's quite unique. Um, like he he it does come true. He's a fan of like Plan B in the streets. Um, you can hear it across the record. He even mentions Mike Skinner on one of the tracks you live. But he focus like he focuses a lot on growing up in a working class area and the deprivation that surrounded them and how, you know, they used make m- music and going out as kind of escapism, you know, so there's mm. a lot of mentions of good times and partying and all that but then there's the kind of the come down and yeah what's there after all that so um he's definitely in the ascendancy this guy David Belf because although I should be calling him for those I love because that's his name on this that's the name he uses on this but nice he was on later on Jules Holland last November which really is a massive it's a last it's a tv program on BBC and it's a huge um platform for emerging artists like and you know, I think people are recognising he's getting a lot of good reviews for the album. They're recognising that he's something special. Um, But there's nine tracks on the album and apparently, you know, he whittled that down from about 70. So he's producing stuff big time, you know. But it's it's dark. There's a lot of grief and anger, uh, but it celebrates friendships and, you know, hedonistic m- memories. You know, anyone listening to it can identify it, uh, you know, going out with your yeah. mates, having a good time. Even the, he's got clips where they're going out and stuff. It's amazing. Aww. Um, but it's heartbreaking We're all going to have like FOMO. That's the problem. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, like, no, oh, the, you, it, it kind of the <laughs> way it moves though, though sad to sad things and sad mm. themes and language and stories. It brings yeah. you back to reality. So to to like give you an example, there's a track called "To Have You," and like there's like a real kind of helium pitch um, voice in the background. But then he says, "Those early scars never leave, and those tunes in our heart gave us a path out of the dark." But we still get lost without Aww. the light when we leave. The pain is real, you know. And it's some of it's Aww. even more stark than that. There's a there's a tune called um, Top Scheme. I'm going to read you a little bit of that because it's kind of, it's stark as well. Top Scheme, same shite at 26. You shell down cans and drinks for the sake of making it through the week. Surrounded by pricks. Your posh drugs aren't interesting. You hate workers. You hate those that can't. Your drugs are, aren't class. They're upper middle class. 
You, teeth whitening, pay for designer dogs. Da crashed the banks but kept his job. Few bob for a week in Mykonos and you joke about the junkies. Addicts that get humanised cause, cause they're poor. But those problems start at your door. Your eyes are closed. Fuck off. So that just gives you a taste of some Sounds of it. Sounds kind of familiar now that you were reading that. Do you know, he was on Tommy Tiernan a few recently. weeks ago. Oh, maybe. That was yeah, it. Yeah, and he performed yeah. at the end of that. So you might have seen him. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that just kind of gives you a flavour of it. I can't play a clip here for copyright reasons. But um, like there's some One great... One day time- maybe we'll have the money for that. Well, do you know what? Actually, sometimes if you can get in touch with them, they, they let you yeah, do it. And I did get it, in yeah. touch with um, David Belf, but um, he's a busy man. He's kind of on the ascendancy as I said at the moment but mm. like there's even samples in there from Smokey Robinson from one of our favourite songs Tracks of My Tears it's like our family song isn't it yeah. um, that's sampled in there which is a massive it. sample like he's it's amazing he's mm. got that on there um, there's a great tune my favourite track of the album is called Birthday it's got a real disco-y vibe to it um, but again turns dark he starts saying body dumped on my road when I was six stabbed to death and left on bricks oh, no training God. that week my coach couldn't speak crazy crazy so yeah so anyway his lyrics and 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 the beats like it's it's just it's an amazing combination and they work well together you know despite the kind of juxtaposition or whatever it's getting five star reviews everywhere well worth a listen even if you don't think it's your thing um i think if you've lost someone ever or if you have memories of nights out and good times with friends like you know it's all there and uh, there's lots of light in the dark and it's complex and it's really brilliant records so it's out now on Orchard Records and he's just uh, announced a gig actually in the Olympia on Friday the 1st of October and tickets go on sale on Thursday the 1st of April at 9am and they're going to go out the door they're only 23 euros can you imagine that 23 euros for a gig amazing oh my god so, listen I would pay probably 500 euros for a gig I know yeah. <laughs> you know just to go to a gig but Wouldn't geez, that's you? really reasonable yeah. yeah Jesus bring back gigs anyway just a couple of other new releases coming out this uh, coming week first aid kit of a new album Who by Fire Real Estate who I love they have a new album Half a Human um, I'm going to talk about somebody next uh, next week a guy called Michael Fry he is hilarious Irish comedian he does oh I've seen him a bit yeah, yeah he does yeah. indie versions of like he, he does indie versions of songs but he also does indie versions of things that are happening like in the doll or on the news <laughs> you know he's really talented guy really funny um, I think he's got an album out I think I will confirm next week hopefully but it's like it's a kind of a fun uh, you know like a what's the word a, a gimmicky album or whatever um, so Brilliant. yeah so I'll be talking about him and for the Demi Lovato fans she's got a new album out and actually the, she's got a new there's a documentary about her she's got had quite a troubled time documentary yeah. out on her as well uh, that you'd be able to find that's kind of a list Sky. of these documentaries I think Billie Eilish is one and there's a new T- Tina Turner one Tina Turner I was just about to say yeah Tina Turner yeah. she's got one that's supposed to be very good as well and apparently her so long to friends so loads of good music content out there this week uh, so that's kind of the end of our five things uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to our tips for this week we'll be back next week and we'll be getting slicker won't we Nick slicker and more refined yes indeed I might yeah exactly or like if we you know plan it right we might be able to have like a marg this week when oh, wow. we do it wow Next drunk driving do it. yeah always yeah, drink not? responsibly kids always you drink know. responsibly <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep working on this we're excited to be presenting uh, Fox Force 5 we will be back with you next week. Please share with your friends and family. Download it loads of times and uh, bear with us while we, uh, you know, make all the little 
blips and dips and pips and what disappear over the next few weeks and we get used we're to learning. what we're doing please bear with us yeah please bear with us exactly uh it's been a pleasure talking to you the sun is shining i'm going to try and get out there a little bit later uh let's not try to eat ourselves to death eat uh chocolate overload this weekend have you got any plans nick no just try not to eat the chocolate i'm more of a savory person anyway and actually um uh, my love, our lovely mom, who's in Kerry, sent me a Marks and Spitzer's gift card, which I've never received oh. in my life. So I feel very fancy having my Marks and Spitzer's gift fancy. card. So I feel like I'd probably just go in oyster. and buy loads of um, sushi Percy and um, oh yeah, yeah, sushi <laughs> and you know that like um, oh god, what am I trying to say? Um, those things, smoothies, because they're so expensive. Oh yeah, I never buy oh, them. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like it's a massive treat. It was a lovely thing to get. So um, obviously she didn't want to send eggs or anything like that. So I'm definitely going to treat us to something Marks and Sparks wise. But mm. yeah, no, looking forward to a long weekend. I think I'm going to take an extra day off just to chill out. Hopefully the weather will be nice for us. We can enjoy it. But happy Easter to all. I hope you all have a nice weekend and spend it with family and eat loads of lamb and chocolate and whatever you fancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe takeaway, maybe. <laughs> There's a little oh, yeah. bit of and an the imbalance. End of Lent. Hmm? If anyone was good enough to actually do Lent for the last, you know, 35 See, I only started this kind of total. sort of health kick I'm on a week ago, so I'm like, mm. it was stupid timing really, but look, we'll persevere. But uh, uh, yeah, go wild everybody. Eat loads of chocolate and make yourselves yes. feel sick and fall off that wagon after Lent. Why not? Enjoy it and Jesus enjoy. Approves. Jesus <laughs> approves. Jesus approves. We approve. Jesus <laughs> approves. There you go. Stamp of approval. Okay, yes. folks, we'll catch you next week. Cheers. Bye bye.